Hey everybody, welcome to this week's episode of the Liberty Squadron Podcast. My name is Andrew Lewinsky, and this week I am joined with Jonathan Lee. Hello everybody. And from the 207 Squadron up in Maine, Josh Shu. Hello, hello. All right, guys, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, community building this week with people getting back in stores, with people being interested in 2.5 or 2.6, whatever we're calling it right now. We're going to be talking about how to build a computer community. I'm sorry. Um, or if you're into just 2.0 legacy, how you can be helping build that community. I'm not going to discriminate between what version you're playing. So... Uh, Josh, thanks for coming on the show. Of course, of course. I'm happy to be here. So give us a little bit of a rundown on like, so 207th kind of formed during the pandemic. I mean, obviously you guys have been playing a lot online, but it really kind of just like popped up one day where I was just like, hell, look at this. And then uh, you guys really kind of built like a your nice little community up there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so we were playing uh, at a place down in Scarborough called The Complex. And during the pandemic, they shut down. And that was the way that we all connected. And so we started playing on Vassal right as the pandemic hit. And then we kept on playing. We kept on pushing each other to sort of get together. And then we eventually became 207 Squad. And as TTS got better, we became a little bit more formalized. And now we're back together and we're in person playing again. Nice. Um, so, like, how did that, like, all, like, when you guys all just went to, like, the same store, is that, like, how it kind of, ha- like, started, where, like, you were just playing there, and then you were all just, like, okay, depending on who you are, or, like, what store you played at, um, really kind of associate it with you, with everyone? Yeah. Um, so, actually, I am from California, and I moved here right before the pandemic, and when I moved here, I was desperate to find people to play X-Wing. And I found people at one store playing X-Wing. Uh, and then I supposedly the community had died down a little bit back then. And so after 1.0, the switched from 1.0 to 2.0. And so they started playing again and they got their friends involved again. And so we started playing at the complex in 2.0 and we started having league nights. It, it really became a big thing. We had like 12 or 13 people, which is a big deal for one store in Maine uh, on a Wednesday night. And so uh, we just sort of kept on pushing that and uh, got back together as a group, you know, and kept on hanging out on Discord all throughout the pandemic. All right, let's go over that. Um, so you are in a nude state. You're, you don't really know anybody. Uh, that's kind of like, I wouldn't say I'm what is in a new state, but when I first uh, started playing the game, that's exactly kind of what I did. I remember my first time. It's funny because I started playing a showcase. That was the first game that I played with other people. It was actually against Jonathan. I will get into that in a second. Um, but it was like it was funny because my wife was going to kickboxing classes, like literally next to this comic book store. And I was like, I started playing X Wing at a on the kitchen table with some friends. I was like, oh, this is neat and everything. And then like I kind of like she was the one that actually told me it was like, oh look, the uh, people are playing that game that you like at this comic book store. And like, I stopped in, watched a couple games. And then I, uh, I actually remember my list that I brought was three interceptors in 1.0, which is probably pretty bad and probably really unoptimized. <laughs> and I think it probably only went to four rounds and, um, and it didn't end very nice for my poor little tie interceptors. And, but it got my foot in the door and that, that is just definitely, definitely something that I, I think is the first stepping stone for a lot of people is getting your foot in the door and actually like getting out to these communities and finding people that you can play with. 
Absolutely. And that's kind of the experience that I want to give people in Maine too. Um, we've started sort of learn to play nights uh, once a month where people can just jump in and play. Uh, I host Aces High Nights, which I think is a great way to build community because there's less pressure to sort of have a full match. You're just bringing one ship to the table and getting the mechanics of the game down. I think uh, like all these sort of thematic events are also great ways to get people in. Andrew, I, I'm embarrassed to admit I have no re recollection of that first game of ours together. I'm sorry. That is okay. I mean, uh, I remember you were there. Uh, Phil was there. I couldn't tell you who else was there, but I, I do remember there was a, I think Lou might have been there too, but I, I do remember um, I, I brought in my entire tackle box, which was a mistake to bring out an entire thing like that. But uh, yeah, no, no, I, I definitely remember it. And you were like, oh, do you want to play a game? And I was like, yeah, sure. And then like I played one game, got my three tie interceptors, wiped off the board, and then left without my my, my uh, towel between my legs. But it was fun getting out there. And it was uh, definitely an experience. It's definitely the first thing that you got to do is just um, really kind of like find these stores. And, and I, I think that's why I really want to start like pushing for like more in-person play is that uh, there's people that out there that might not know where to look online or where to really like look to for these communities. And they only knowledge that they have is the, these uh, stores. So I, I think that is one of like the, it's really kind of sad uh, that um, the pandemic happened and like really hurt a lot of these stores that way. But it, it's also, probably one of the greatest resources we have as a community to building a community and growing it. Absolutely. I mean, that's the thing with up here is that we'd love to be able to go into different stores in Maine and just say, Hey, we're going to come and host X-Wing, uh, come and have us. As long as you make space on the table, we'll be there uh, to play. And that's what we're hoping we can do with 207 squad. Do you guys remember your first time going, like, I mean, so you both said you started in wave three. Do you remember your first time going to a store and playing? So I actually didn't go to a store and start playing. I used to be part of a gym called Nerd Strong Gym in Southern California. And Andrew Seely, uh, who used to uh, hang out with the Fly Better guys, uh, introduced me to the game. And we would play inside the gym after a workout or on a special night when the gym was closed. And we would play X-Wing on the floor. And that's how I started playing X-Wing. And nice. one of the, one of my, and then, uh, you know, for Christmas, uh, uh, I had Secret Santa and somebody bought me X-Wing, like bought me my own set. I didn't play with my own ships for a while. And then uh, my wife said it was all downhill from there. Like, you know, I got a couple of ships. She got me a ship. And then all of a sudden our house was filled with X-Wing everywhere. It was, it was that notorious comic of the dad playing with his son. Yeah, absolutely. Drawn by D. Yoon from yeah, yeah, yeah. Fly Better. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was, it was that hilarious comic. And it was just all downhill from there. Um, but I do remember my first in-store tournament game. I don't remember, I don't remember playing like in-store casually, but I do remember bringing a list. I don't remember what list I played, uh, but I played Steven from the Fly Better, and uh, I flew off the board within the first two turns. And he graciously let me reset and like set my dial again and start over again. And I, I remember that as like the moment I was like, oh, people are cool in this game. I really like that. And then I still lost, but it was an amazing experience. I mean, that's a, the, my first tournament. I think I, uh, I don't think I won a single single game but uh that oh. doesn't matter 
Get I, you know, I remember that uh, you came in last, yes. and I I gave away the TO prize to the last place person, uh, so I oh, gave it to you. I oh, remember. Sorry. You remember that? I do. Uh, my very so um, I do remember the very first time I went to the store. It was the store showcase comics our sort of home store. It used to be in a different location. Andrew, do you know it used to be at Granite Run Mall before they tore the mall down? Right. But um, yeah, I went there and there was a small community. Mostly people played X-Wing as their second game. They would play like War Machines or something else. And I played, do you know Mark? He goes by Cuban, Mark. Anyways, he doesn't play X-Wing anymore, but I played him and he was super friendly and we had a great game and I'm sure I've lost. I don't remember. Um, any of the, the exact details of the game, but it was, uh, I had a good time. And I remember though, so I am a geek and geek and like miniatures adjacent, but I'd never played a minis game. And it never occurred to me that people get, went to stores to play games. Right. It, I, I mean, I remember like going to stores and like playing, like seeing it being played. And I was just like, Oh, you know, and then, um, I was talking to one of the locals, Corey on, and he was just like, Oh, I'm driving down to uh, what was the um, steel open. And I was just like, Oh man, people are traveling that far for like a tournament. That's crazy. And lo and behold, like a year later I was doing it, like driving to like Nova and stuff like that. It was a, it's a slippery slope to go down. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, I, I, I started going to like, you know, like uh, the, the, what is it called? The, the Fly Better open down in Southern California. And then uh, I started traveling to different stores for the qualifiers. And then all of a sudden I was going to Arizona. Yeah, it was, that, that's, it's a slippery slope from there. So was that, what was the furthest you traveled? I think it was Arizona uh, back okay. when I lived in California. And then, uh, uh, and then I also went to Vegas last year. Uh, not last year, two years ago, right at, before the pandemic hit. Uh, went for the Las Vegas championships. And so uh, my friends and I got together and we just went down and played. Nice. I, I, yeah, that, that's quite the hike is uh, going to Vegas for it. But uh, yeah, I think I, for this, I probably went was Toronto. Ooh. Yeah. That's true. I mean, it was an eight hour drive. So um, that was fun. It was nice seeing the, uh, my, that was my first time out of the country now that I think about it. Oh, wow. We went to, we went to the falls and everything. So uh, on the way back, so but it, it was it was nice. It was a definitely a fun little tournament too. Oh, fun little tournament it was a system open, but it was definitely uh, fun to go see the city in the uh, dead of winter at you know in the middle of February. <laughs> um, no, but I, I definitely think that's if if you are a new player, I definitely think if you are looking to get into a community, like look at your local stores, and I guarantee you there are some social media pages, whether it be discords whether it be facebook pages or something else that will organize events and nights that are in your area that you can actually sign up for and go and really i would encourage you to um to go to these stores where you can if you if you can't or there aren't any stores there are definitely online communities that you can definitely join that will um probably like more than likely open with open arms take you in and uh you know play the version of the game or like how you want to play however you want now like josh you guys play like almost every like you you play variants you guys play aces high you play 
Epic. Um, yeah. Yeah, you play Epic. I mean, uh, how do you guys feel about 2.6 up there and everything? I mean, like, are you guys going that way or? Uh... Oh, we are definitely going the 2.5 route. Um, everybody loves it. We love the thematic play. Uh, one of our moderators actually created a whole campaign that was a homebrew and hosted it at one of the conventions up here. It's called SnowCon. And he plans on bringing it back this fall. And so um, we're very committed to thematic play. And I love Epic play. And so we're excited for all the sort of new changes that are coming through the pipeline. I'm sure you're the Battle of the Avon Pack here, just like really excited. I am so excited. And there are so many reasons why I'm so excited because I feel like that's the pack that's going to get new players to the table. I hosted an Aces High Night and I, I, I printed everything out on tarot cards with pre-builts um, and gave it to each player to teach them how to play and they fell in love with it. And I think Battle of Yavin has that feel, but it's even more thematic than that. I, I can't wait to see what's there. I can't wait to see what our 3D people end up printing to sort of make that trench run feel real uh, or feel at least lived uh, when you're playing. So uh, I'm excited for it. No, definitely. Uh, I, and I think it's funny because like uh, um, what I'm trying to get out with this, this is uh, I think it's there's so many different ways to play the game right now that uh, you can play it casually. You can play it competitively. I mean, like we were talking about the Battle of Yavin uh, pack last night and like some of our most like competitive players are just like, I can't wait to crack this open. Like, you know, people that don't even like think about even playing like aces high or something that isn't like a system open level tournament we're just like this looks awesome this really kind of brings out the theme and it, like i said because there's so many different ways to play um communities can really like thrive on like uh doing what you guys are doing as far as you know, expanding to the different um what is it like the different modes of playing that like really kind of like reaches out to the, everybody mm-hmm. absolutely and doesn't feel intimidating, right? Like you don't have to know every single element of your list and know how to operate it. And that's why I think we have those aces high. Also, it's a great way to socialize and meet people and and realize that they're like, just like, you know, we're not like crazy players that like are, are Star Wars stands that that are aggressive, but like are, are fun, casual players. Right, definitely. And I think it also opens up the opportunity to uh, really kind of like see the other types of way to like play. So if you are like a new player and you're just kind of like getting the ropes, like you you never really see these other things that people like have created or like the other like um, side of the game. Like you might not have any idea what Epic Play is, but like you are more inclined to uh, do a like a scenario battle or a thematic battle where I, I mean i know a couple of our guys like they religiously like every other week they play a huge epic battle and it's really fun to watch i mean i don't know if that's necessarily my taste like, that when um we set it out like we were strictly very competitive in our like findings but um, i mean i love seeing it on the table yeah yeah i i love i love that competitive element right like i love like i'm practicing a list right now for qualifiers and so I have that one list that I go to that I'm going to play every week until I, I sort of fine tune it, make sure that it runs. Like, I think there are competitive players in our group, but we also love playing jank, like playing crazy, you know, uh, variants. And so like all of our tournaments up to this year have been crazy variants. I, th I find that our tournaments now are getting more normalized now that we get to play in person. So we get to test those things in person and do the crazy jank stuff in person. Uh, Sure. Um, yeah, yeah. 
are you guys are you planning for anything specific or is Nova the first thing that you're uh, looking at? Uh, so uh, for 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 us, uh, we are planning to host tournaments again, uh, starting in a few months. Uh, uh, here just like once a month, uh, just like local store tournaments. Uh, for me, I'm planning to go to Nova right in person. But I'd like to play in the qualifiers as well, and then maybe bring it to packs. I have a list that I really like. Hopefully, they don't point change me and kill my list. But I'm I'm loving you know my rebel will. list. You know they you will. You know they will. <laughs> you know they will. <laughs> That's they how can. it works. You find the, man. I was so high on Maul and like with uh, Java and everything like that. And I was like, man, this is good. This is real good. And then they're just like, nope, you can't do this anymore. And I was like, dang. That was yeah. my thing. Um, but yeah, no. Uh, I think it is good to expand. And um, even if you are a more competitive player and enjoy the competitive side of things, I think it's really important that you do look at the um, less competitive and the thematic and just having fun. Like now we can talk like uh, community members and everything like that, where we have, I think that's kind of runs into a problem sometimes with uh, certain types of people that like, I know we have run into problems with it where some people are, like I said, strictly competitive and it can be a deterrent to newer players and everything like that. But I think also at the same time, um, the players that are coming in are might not always want to be the like, you know, new players can come in and then just like say, oh, you know, I'm here to have fun. I, I'm flying a list that is... You know, very thematic. It's Luke and Leia and, uh, you know, or Luke and uh, Han Solo and stuff like that. And it's kind of like, you know, like, you know that they're there for the thematics and the half fun of the game, whereas like their list isn't optimized and everything like that. Um, but I also think it's important that it, it when you are trying to build your own community and everything like that, that you accept all different types of players. And um, I, I think that is really good to have such a variety that where you guys, like you said up there, like you have, um, you have the moments where you do start grinding. Um, but I, I, like I said, I hope it wouldn't deter anyone that like is there just to be like, I enjoy doing the thematic battles and stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, I think, the quickest way into Star Wars X-Wing, I think the slippery slope, like when I first started playing, that's all I wanted to do was create thematic lists, right? Like I wanted to to build lists around a certain theme. Um, I'm also coming from a background in magic. I love playing magic and I, I've stopped playing magic just because uh, how much it costs to play magic competitively. <laughs> yes. Um, but I do love the combinations. And so like starting out in x-wing i i had to be told a lot by more experienced players stop trying to build a combo and just fly well right like focus on flying well and letting those combos like land when they do uh but that's actually what got me in like all those neat little combos and like how can i push the limit and then do this extra thing and like make it extra super thematic or really sort of create some crazy combination of things that happens and so, so it was funny I came from a magic background too. And like when I first introduced this to my friends, they were like, so do we make a deck with these upgrade cards? <laughs> I was just like, uh, well, it doesn't really work like that. But uh, it is similar where you get like X amount of points that you can do. So like after that, we kind of like, but yeah, it, it definitely appealed that we were like trying to find out combos and all that fun stuff. Um, and uh, I feel bad. I have a little magic story back. Oh, man. I think it might have been 
back in time spiral. Me and my buddy went to oh, a man. Release. Yeah, I have I have I have like a thousand cards in my closet from uh, Time Spiral. Time Spiral was such a good set. Yeah, um, and it was just like a nostalgic set. And now that Time Spiral is like a nostalgia. But um, it was funny. We went to a uh, pre-release there, and it was we were just talking to some random people and we were just doing like a sealed uh, event, like nothing constructed. And we were just like talking to someone and like, well, this guy was real excited to show my buddy um, his deck. And he was just like, he was like, Oh, like, you know, is it cool if we like swap like decks? And my buddy was just like, Oh yeah, yeah. I don't care. Like you can take a look at it. And the guy thought he was like saying, I don't care about your like deck. Like, and he like, kind of like walked away with his tail between his like legs being like, Oh, I'm sorry. I even asked. And I was like, my buddy had to be like, no, I'm saying, I don't care if you look at my deck. Like I, it's not that big of a deal, but it's kind of like, it's uh, kind of shows the kind of people that are into these kind of games that they might have a low self esteem. So that's why I wouldn't really try to like, welcome the people that um might be shy or don't really know what they're doing and be like yo listen you can um you might not have the best self-esteem and like that's the kind of people that these kind of games attract and i don't know speaking of magic that's made me think of that story but also i think at the same time can like um relate to this where like um trying to get people um of all different uh diversities into this game and like really supporting everyone that uh wants to play yeah absolutely i I agree i agree um yeah i'm all about sort of inviting people who normally feel like uncomfortable playing like into playing it i'm still trying to convince my relatives to play so it's fair enough did you you get your wife play no 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 she played one game and she was like this is a game about rulers and measuring i'm done i'm out my wife is the same way. She was just like, she looked at her. She was just like, no. Yeah. My wife's really into card games. So like, she'll like play dominion. She'll play anything that's card based. Like she played uh century. I'm, I'm a big board game person too. So she plays a lot of those or like cooperative games that are horror themed tend to sort of resonate with her. So we play those games instead. Um. Yes. I, I'm sorry, I lost my track of thought. Jonathan, were you going to? Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I certainly understand. Like, when you're established as a player, or you've been playing for a while, it's hard to... I remember always thinking, I just need to get better. I need to get better. Fly better, fly better, fly better. And it's like, I would approach games. Like, you'd go to the store to be like, hey, I want to play so-and-so, and we're going to have good games. I'm going to learn. I'm going to get better. And sometimes... And it's hard to, sometimes it's hard to balance that with like playing, uh, spending time teaching someone new to play the game. Mm-hmm. So I think it's important to, that we are welcoming and not just so focused on our like regionals list or something. Because uh, when people come up to the table and are watching, you know, you have to, sometimes it would, I remember it would sometimes feel like a little bit of a sacrifice, but I would as much as I could try to be welcoming to new players and say, Hey, would you like to try? And cause when they come to the table, they don't have anything like, and when they're going to buy in, they're not, I think most people are just going to buy a couple things. Right. And like, so you need to be sort of welcoming. You need to let the, like off. I think a lot of times like offering to let them say, Hey, this is how this works. Showing them, that's like a good way to sort of sucker people in to not sucker people, like convince people to join, <laughs> you know, like, show, like explaining how the movement dial works is great. 
and like the templates. And then when you sort of, cause I remember that was what I thought was amazing with X-Wing was like the templates and the movement dials. I remember like picking up the dials for the first time and just being like, like being amazed. And then I'd be like, what is my opponent doing? I have no idea. How could I ever know what my opponent is doing? Cause that, that was my first thought is like, how could you ever know? And, and uh, as a beginner. So yeah, I agree with what you say. Yeah. Um, I, I definitely 100% agree. And I, I've caught myself doing it where I, I'll be, you know, testing stuff uh, for regionals and stuff like that. And it was kind of funny because, like, I remember it was the very, f- mm, yes, it was the very first PAX Unplugged system open where uh, we everyone was at top deck on Thursday night practicing for, for the Friday, the very next day. And there was a new player that walked in that never played the game. And I was, I'm pretty sure it was the first packs unplugged because I was running uh, three Skurgs with harpoon missiles and TLTs. Aww, you know that list. Yes, I so, know that list. So yeah, good. so um, I, I'm sitting there practicing and then a new player walks in and he's just like, hey, I've never played before. So I'm just like, okay. So and uh, on uh, it was the only list that I did have. So like the first thing I did was just like, okay, I'm not going to use a single upgrade on my, you know, list but uh, it was still like to the point that i was just like i want this person to come back and i do want them to enjoy what they are doing um and unfortunately i did still play the game and did um i wouldn't say i like dumpstered them but i I think they were still learning a lot and maybe i should have handicapped myself a little bit more but uh, i didn't never saw the person again (laughs) um but Going off of what Jonathan was saying about like you know practicing and having it, it definitely is a real thing. And and I, I I'm going to say this to people that um might be that kind of person that is like oh you have games lined up and like I understand you want to um, practice and really um, get your list down, especially in times. But I mean I also think it is very important to be as welcoming as possible. I mean there, I know there's been times that like I've been at game stores and like I'd be like, oh do you want to play? And they'd be like just straight up like no. I, I I'm waiting for someone. I'm like, okay. And then I twiddle my thumbs hoping somebody else walks into the door. Um and, and I would say that is not very good for the community. And uh, I know people could be like purposely waiting for like, you know, to practice and stuff like that. But I also think at the same time, um, building a community might be the better of the two because, you know, the, eventually those people might be the ones that are like, you know, teaching you new stuff or like really, really kind of like figuring things out down the road. And um, I, I think if you're conscious of that, then it is definitely uh, something to be proud of. I always think of like a learn to play. Uh, I, I always bring an extra set because I obviously host a lot of these events here. We always have a learn to play night where we're also maybe doing aces high. So as people can just come in and just play. Uh, I think I treat that as an opportunity to go back to basics where I'm like, oh, rules of 11. Let's go ahead and talk about like distance and sort of calibrating where your templates are going to fall. Like I usually like take a piece of paper and try to draw out where the templates are going to end up. And so that's a great opportunity to teach new players. Like this is how advanced it can get without sort of throwing them into like a 20 point list that feels really difficult to fly. No, 100%. And I I think that's uh, something to be really uh, aware of is going back to basics. Cause sometimes, man, I, when I, we were taking breaks for like COVID and like, uh, it, it was just like, 
I used to be like the ultra rules, read the book nonstop. And now I'm just like, I don't know, but anything does now. So, I mean, like it is good to, uh, really kind of refresh yourself, even if it is something that minuscule. Yeah. Especially those rocks. Like I, I feel like rocks, rocks, debris, asteroid, gas clouds, like they all do different things. And so now I'm like, what, what, what do I do when I land on it? And so like, I find myself having to explain it to other people and that's sort of giving myself like that chance to brush up on everything. Yeah. Um, all right, so we talked about a couple things. Now, let's say you are, let's say you are in a community that you are trying to build. Um, where, where do you think? Where would you start? Like, let's say, like you, uh, you said you went to Maine and there was people uh, already playing there, or did you have to kind of really um, maybe prod a little bit to get people to come out? Uh, people were already playing, and I think like the more people play, the more people show up. The more people start watching you play, the more people want to play. And so it kind of sort of grew naturally that way. And obviously the pandemic put a hold on that. Um, but what I did was I, I kind of reached out on the Fly Better group, which was already pre-established, and was like, hey, does anybody know anybody in Maine that plays? And one guy was like, yeah, we play here sometimes. And so, and then it all of a sudden became more regular as we had more people show up. Yeah, I, I definitely think that's a uh, big thing is consistency that especially if you are like if you say you're going to be at this place at this time and like you could just have people that are like walking past to be like, oh, you know, I, there people do come here on Tuesdays. I have some old chips that might be banging out that I might not uh, ha- have it in a while. They uh, might be like, OK, well, I will work up the courage to actually go out and um, to that Tuesday or whatever night that you are playing. Yeah, absolutely. And if you're, you're, you're a community organizer, I would encourage you to like post about it, write about it, apologize to people when you don't show up. I had to do that the other day. Cause I was like, I had a newborn, my brain completely blanked. And we all realized at the last minute that not a single mod was coming. Oh man. Yeah. And, and like, don't get me wrong. I understand that people are like, life is tough. <laughs> and like, I, I have a, uh, baby on the way so it's going to be very tough for me to get out but i think at the same time the consistency is um key like i mean like if, if you can start like a network of people that you know are going to be there then like, you can work with them to be like okay listen i know i can't be there but you'll be there right and, and really kind of like start like understanding like friendships like i mean like some of my best friends now are people that i met through the game and, and i mm-hmm. think uh it, it really like we kind of lean on each other a lot and, and i think that's a very important aspect of uh like squadron building and everything for sure so so like when i first started going to the store like half the time there wouldn't be anybody there to play with but i would still go and like look for games look for games and then i started on our local facebook group every week i'd be like i would create an event and i'd be like i'm gonna be here and then and then everyone i knew who would play who would sometimes go i would invite them to that weekly event and I started doing it every single week and then you get a sense of who's going and then after every single time I went I would always take pictures and post it and say thanks Andrew for the great game and I'd post about it online put a picture up of it just to let people know hey there's stuff going on here uh there are people here and uh, if you do it you need to do it enough so that momentum builds and then it can be self-sustaining mm-hmm. and then hope a pandemic doesn't hit 
<laughs> Hope yeah. the pandemic doesn't hit. Yeah. Um, we were we were we were actually struggling to find a place to play for a while just because people were uncomfortable with playing. And as as the pandemic eased up and then we were able to able to go into stores again, uh, one store decided to host us once a month and then another store opened up that was related to our old store. Uh, they knew each other. And so uh, they're now hosting us once a week. Uh, and so we're there once a week as well as uh, sometimes on weekends. And then we're looking for more stores. So like you can take your squad and not be faithful to one store, but to go to many stores. And then those people will follow everywhere, right? Um, when I played in Southern California, you'd see the same people at different stores. And that was fantastic. Everybody had a home store, but people would travel to go and play because everybody wants community. No, that that's uh, really great. Um, and here's the thing. like, I mean, we have rivalries, I guess I would say, in this area. Um, but I, I think at the same time, we all really kind of have each other's backs. Like we have a bunch of different areas that I, are far enough that we don't have like uh, or too far, I should say, to your local game night. Um, so like we have the KFC squadron that's up in Madawan, New Jersey, I believe it is. And uh, they uh, they've been really kind of kicking our asses lately. I should say that. But um, <laughs> but I, I think at the same time, like it, it's it's. We also have like New York that's right around the corner from us. I mean, it's a two hour drive. And uh, when I was talking um, with Brett, who's not with us tonight, he um, we were talking about rivalries and stuff. And like, you know, they started a podcast up there. And like I, I said, I was like, listen, I was like, you know, even though it's kind of like a what is I, I shouldn't say like a. Um, oh, what's like a competitor uh to us it's good to see them as a community to being like okay we you know i I congratulated them on launch i said you know listen you know we're we're all kind of in this together i mean now granted when i'm playing them in a tournament on the uh, you know on on a local tournament and stuff like that i'm going to be kicking their teeth in but i think at the same time like it's I, I'm so happy that they are there, that we do have those kind of rivalries and that we kind of have uh, this state that we have enough uh, we have enough players in this game that we can really appreciate those kind of things where I know that's not always the case with other um, with other miniatures games. And I, I think that's what really makes X-Wing unique in that matter. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like you could travel to, I mean, like how many states? And just find somewhere to play X-Wing. I think that's still something that's unique. And I hope that organized play becomes a thing. Because, you know, like if I go visit my family in New York, I want to go play. If I want to go to Philadelphia, I know that I can play, right? Um, I want to be able to travel and play. And that's always been the exciting part to X-Wing for me. Right. So uh, why don't we get into like team building a little bit now? Like, I mean, like, obviously we talked about community building and everything. And I, I think that's when we were talking about, like, you know, having the people that are there to for your uh, X-Wing nights at like the game store and stuff like that. But I think also a big aspect is that's basically how we started out with uh, Liberty Squadron was that. Uh, Worlds was right around the corner. We had a handful of people that were um, had invites to Worlds, so we really kind of wanted to like people wanted to practice and stuff like that. And that's kind of like how we originated. Was we started a group where that was like 
basically a group inside of a group that were kind of hyper-focused on uh, competitive. And, and I mean, granted, we've grown to so much more outside of that, but essentially that is what it started as, is we were a um, group of people that were that enjoyed the competitive aspect of the things. And then we, that's what we did was that we uh, really, um, we really focused on the competitive side of things. So like we were practicing, we weren't even doing like things like full games. We would hit games that like we hit like a certain point and be like, okay, reset, re-rack, you know, do stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Where I, like, I really think that like, being a part of a squadron per se, I know like it's funny because we were talking about this last night where it's kind of funny to say that like, you know, if you're talking to someone that has no idea what X-Wing is and be like, you're part of a squadron, like, what does that even mean? You're going to fly this weekend. It almost sounds silly, but I think at the same time, it's um being part of something like that is definitely greater. And I think is, if you are interested in that type of thing, the resources are definitely there. And I, I think people um, really kind of thrive on that and creating those type of rivalries between each other. Yeah, for sure. Like, absolutely. I feel like, you know, seeing how other squads build their lists, how they practice, how they, how they, how they game out, how they, how they think about sort of how things right are shaking up in the meta, I think is really fascinating. Yeah. Uh, obviously our squads are, are kind of newbies around the block. Yeah. But we still like sort of pride ourselves on like inclusivity and also right. Really just making sure that we're having an enjoyable experience. I think that was our sort of guiding light there, but we're all highly competitive and we all have our different strengths uh, in terms of organization. And I think that's how we built our team was like, our team is built on like, Oh, one guy really does like 3d printing very well. Let's tap into that. Another guy is really connected in the streaming world. Let's connect to, let's connect to that. And the other guy is like a rules lawyer. He's fantastic at that. And, you know, uh, I'm the guy that likes to talk a lot. So that's why I'm here. Um, definitely. <laughs> no, no, I, I definitely agree with every, everything. I mean, like, that's kind of like, um, we, we can kind of segue into my next topic it is the it is important to kind of like have that one. Like it, it's like, you know, it, it takes a village to, you know, raise a child. But like, I mean, like that's basically if you're in a community, like that's what you kind of, like, you can't really rely on one person to do everything. And, and I think that's a uh, really important where, um, when, when you are building community, it is important to have those different people that can do all those types of things. Like, I mean, like, uh, our, our really good friend of the show, Nick, like he 3d prints a bunch of things for us. And I'm, definitely hitting him up to build some um some of those death star turrets for us as soon as we can for the uh thing but i i think that it is when you are looking to expand you really kind of have to tap into your own resources that you have with inside that community now uh lou caravelli who really is what was like the face of x-wing um especially when top deck was around like he did so much for the community and, and everything and then i know people would come up to him and ask him to be like hey listen i had this great idea and like a lot of times his response to that idea was like i'm all for it you go do it and like i, I and i really kind of like i take that from lou and i kind of really use that word and like someone ever comes up to me and says hey you know we should do this or we should do that and i'm just like absolutely get on it and i i think that's like the best thing that if you are a community member and you have a great idea that you want to try to do something you know bring it bring it to other people's attention and i'm sure it will do nothing but help the community 
Absolutely. Recently down here in Portland, uh, we had uh, a bunch of guys uh, that I met up with that are amazing that decided to create a board game community that where people could just come together and play board games as well as RPGs. And they found a social club and they became a part of that social club. And now that social club hosts board game nights and RPG nights and legacy nights. And I'm part of that crew now and I'm hoping to host tabletop nights. Like that's the thing is that if you're willing to put in the work and build a community, people will come and it's becoming all the rage on Reddit right now for our community. No, I, I definitely agree with everything of that. And like I said, um, if you have ideas that are you are, uh, are willing to really kind of like put in, definitely uh, shout that out. Um, all right. Is there anything else that like we are trying to uh, anything else that I think I might have missed that you might know any of you guys of helping build a community or really kind of. Um, even if you're trying to trying to join a community, any, do you guys have any ideas? Bring donuts. I don't know. <laughs> oh, that's you know. Okay, one of my first nights out at X Wing, uh, Dan, um, Dan Lewis brought in donuts, and I was like, "Oh no, I'm getting married soon. I got to start watching my weight." And he just turns to me and he says, "I'll watch it for you." And that's just been my go-to line whenever. <laughs> Whenever someone refuses my donuts, I'll just like, like, oh no, I'm watching my weight, and I'll just be like, I'll watch it for you, buddy. Take a donut. Um, <laughs> but yes, it, it'll definitely spark up conversation, and uh, people will appreciate you. I think, uh, yeah, I think we covered a lot of the bases. I guess just maybe to recap, I'd say you pick a night that you're going to be at your store. Maybe you have them post it physically like up on the wall, on their board, maybe buy the X-Wing stuff, like a little flyer, uh, advertise it online, be sure everyone is there, or be sure someone is there. And uh, when people do show up, post about it, and, you know, lather, rinse, repeat. Absolutely. I would also say, like, encourage people to have a learn-to-play night. And so where if new people show up, they can play and you stop what you're doing and you let them, you play with them uh, so that they, they get that opportunity to play or host aces high so that people can like jump in with, you know, like the fanciest <laughs> ship on the board, like play Mando because it's fun and thematic. Um, and you have that ship ready to go for them. Do you guys, do you remember they had that um, learn to play X-Wing table setup thing? Like back in first edition, was it like at the yeah. end? Mm-hmm. East Coast Gamers still has their setup. Oh, they do. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, I would definitely say, like, uh, if the theme nights are definitely great, and I think they're, uh, I mean, it definitely brings people in. And I mean, I know Brett. Brett says he was flying Luke Wedge and Han today to really kind of make people look at the table that he was flying those types of ships that people look at them but when people do come into your store or uh into your game night definitely be like inclusive and try to include everybody that you can i I know clicks happen and you know people uh gravitate towards other but definitely try to include everyone to uh your game night and really try to introduce i mean like obviously i know there's going to be problem people and and (laughs) i think maybe maybe that's something we should address if you have problem people like what would your go-to be for like i mean like i would definitely say don't like ever exclude anyone but i mean there's got to be a point that um 
I think you just have to have sort of run remind. Into that? Yeah, we we have right to a certain extent, but you just remind them that it's a game, and if they need to take a take a moment to breathe and walk away, right? We can get really heated in competitive play, uh, but sometimes just taking a moment to like breathe and walk away and recognize, hey, I'm playing tiny spaceships on a on a on a, on a three by three mat, um, based on uh, an IP. Like I think like that's a quick reminder, like just to take a breath. And then if they need to take a break, they right. can take a break. But you're always there to welcome them back whenever they're ready to play. Um, I think, you know, our philosophy is see something, say something. And then, you know, take them aside. You don't have to publicly call them out. Take them aside, talk to them, see what's going on. Maybe something deeper is going on than what we see sort of, right, just with the game. And that might be a good way to sort of like encourage them and strengthen that community even further. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I agree with everything. And I, I think it's really important that um, I, I know we're in a little bit of a X-Wing turmoil where there's people that are uh, that don't enjoy 2.6. I keep saying 2.6, but it's really 2.5. And there's some people that want to play Legacy. But I, I also think it's really important that we understand and, and vocalize that your needs um, of what you do want to play. And, and I think it's... Um, it might be a little bit tougher for a new person to coming into the store, but I mean, if you want to play a certain time or a certain way that I, I think it's important that you are open to playing that with that person or uh, otherwise. Um, and I think it's, like I said, all inclusivity is definitely a thing. And, and I, I, I agree with you absolutely that if there is a problem person, I mean, I know that people can can lose patience um, and everything, but I also do think that it is very important that we don't exclude anyone, even if they are having some problems and you kind of address it because if you just kind of ignore them or it's, it's not good for the health of that person or, uh, or, or the game, I would definitely say, um, mental health in X-Wing, that should be a, uh, a podcast topic. Uh, don't throw your dice. Don't flip the table. Don't flip the table. Man, has anyone ever flipped the table in X-Wing? Probably in TTS, I would assume. Oh, obviously. But could you imagine? I, I flipped my fair share of TTS tables. <laughs> um, uh, all right. Well, I think that kind of recaps everything. Anyone have any final thoughts before we uh, do shout outs? You know, um, last week... Andrew, you had asked me who my X-Wing hero was, and I sort of blanked. I have an answer. It is definitely Blair Bunky. Oh, that's a good one. <clears throat> okay. You know, the man takes three Z-95s, a Seek, an Escape Craft, and like a Kirax, and somehow makes magic happen out of it. Hmm. Is, he, is he still playing? You know, I don't know. Hmm. We should reach out. Get him on the show next. Like, um, he's on uh, Scum and Villainy. They haven't recorded recently. Okay. But, like, uh, I know, I think at the end of last year, they dropped an episode. You know, him and, like, it was, like, uh, Tyler Tippett and, like, Kaylin Wong is often on there. Gotcha. Mm. Josh, who is your X-Wing hero? Oh, that's hard. That's hard. That's hard. Uh, <laughs> it's on the spot. Oh, it's on the spot. Uh, you know, I have to go with the guy who taught me X-Wing, which is Andrew Seely. And I'm glad okay. to see that he's back on the table playing again. Uh, he, but uh, it was a great time. He taught me a lot about X-Wing. He taught me how to sort of position and how to think ahead. And so 
uh, I would say that he's he, he he's my hero. And uh, yeah, so and a lot about operations and managing a group. So definitely my yeah, hero. definitely cool. All right, well, uh, Josh, you have the floor before we uh, close out. What, anything you want to promote? Anything you want to talk about? Uh, sure. Uh, if you don't know us, we're the 207 Squadron. We're basically uh, hosting a bunch of uh, in-person play nights at Frexian Life Games in Scarborough on Thursday evenings and uh, this coming Sunday. We will have more Sunday events in the future uh, for in-person events uh, if you're listening and you're up in Maine for whatever reason. Uh, likewise, we're also kicking off another online tournament starting in July. Uh, we're on hiatus right now with Stream. Uh, but you can find us on twitch.tv slash 207squadron, and uh, you can find out more on our Discord about our next tournament, which is called Side Shuffle, which is just uh, just a bunch of ships with a sideboard. Man, I really hope that AMG really figures that out. I know they, they kind of suggested that they were talking about it, but I would love to see a sideboard in actual standard play. Yeah, I would love to see that too. I think that'd be sort of really, really incredible. Um, I think it's just like making sure that and verifying lists every round. That's the hard part. Right. I mean, what if they're just like you have 20 points extra in upgrades that you can swap in and out? Mm, True enough. (laughs) All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for this week's episode. I want to thank everyone for listening. Um, Thank you so much, Josh, for coming on. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, thank you for having me. Um, and if you guys want check us out on Facebook, check us out on discord. I'm sure you're probably already there. Um, I, by the time this airs, I think we're going to have a lot of Patreon news and we're probably going to have some other news coming up, but, um, we'll probably try to edit that in. So thank you guys so much for listening and have a great night.